Hi everyone, welcome back to Taking It Easy. Welcome to episode 4 of Taking It Easy. Thank you guys so much for joining me again for this week's episode, which is Living with Mental Struggles. I don't have too much to say before we jump into the B-roll bit and the rest of this episode, but just wanted to say I hope you guys have been having a great week. My week has been all over the place and I'm actually re-recording this intro because I recorded it earlier with the rest of the segments and then it decided to delete from my computer. So, you know what? It's fine. (laughs) I'm going to strive to not go into my perfectionist mindset and delete the whole podcast just because this audio segment sounds a little bit different. But yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode with the audio that actually stayed put and didn't delete. (laughs) And yeah. Let me know what you guys think. Happy listening. For this week's B-roll bit, I would say the best part of my week was Monday because I didn't have school Monday. So I just used it as an opportunity to really relax and get ready for school the following day. So I just pampered myself, you know, cleaned up my room I went to see a movie, ate good food, really just used it as a reset day. And I love those days because usually I use Sundays as those days. And I kind of had two days last weekend to do that. So it was really nice to prepare myself for the week and just get myself relaxed. So if you guys have the opportunity to do, oh my gosh, can't talk. If you guys have the opportunity to do that, then I highly recommend it. Just like have a whole day where you kind of do nothing, but also are somewhat productive towards your self-care is the best way I can explain it. So yeah, Monday was the good part of my week. The not so good part of my week is that I really struggled with my negative self-talk and I've noticed that my negative self-talk has been increasing recently. And it's something that I really, really want to work on. And it's something that I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. But yeah, my negative self-talk kind of made my week really crappy. It made a lot of things way harder than it needed to be. And it was just hard to navigate like the normal aspects of my life because, you know, over and over my brain would just be telling me like terrible things about myself. And I'm like, I just really, really hate this. gosh, I don't know what that was. I'm recording in um, this booth at the library, at my local library, and I don't know what the person in the other booth is doing. So hopefully it's not too loud. (laughs) I gotta cut this recording. Okay, I think the noise stopped, hopefully. (laughs) Anyway, um, what I learned this week which ties into my self-talk, is that my thoughts power the rest of my life. So if I can learn to have a healthy mindset, then it will eventually turn into a healthy life. Which, I mean, is very hard to achieve. Like having that healthy mindset and a healthy life is very hard to achieve when you already are in kind of a low state 
where your mindset is already not good. So coming out of that unhealthy mindset is very difficult to do, but it's so crucial to at least work on it to achieve a healthy mindset. And I know that I really need to be putting in more effort for my healthy mindset because I know that that's where that negative self-talk is coming from. I'm in an unhealthy mindset right now. And so I need to be putting more time and effort into how I talk to myself, how I take care of myself, and what I do to grow my mindset. And the topic of just living with like any mental struggles is what I really wanted to touch on today in the episode. So my not so good part of the week and my learning part of the week are really just what gave me this idea. So with that, let's get into it. So as I briefly mentioned, the topic of this episode is going to be living with mental struggles. I am someone who lives with mental struggles every single day. And so this topic is really important to me, not only because I want to work on my own mental struggles, but I want others to be aware of the fact that living with mental struggles is not something that's necessarily acknowledged or prioritized as much as it should be. And the first way that I wanted to really, oh my gosh, don't you know I'm trying to record a podcast here? (laughs) Anyway, the first topic that I wanted to really touch on with living with mental struggles is how mental struggles are seen by society. At least for me, I don't feel that within like the media and within um, just like the general societal outlook that mental health has been prioritized or valued as much as health has. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know like the the saying or the, um, I guess the trend that's been going around for a while that mental health is health. And I, I really agree with this because You know, until I would say the last few years or so, people looked at mental health as less than regular health. You know, physical health has always been valued and a lot of other aspects of health have always been something that's like, oh, you need to make sure you keep this up. Oh, this is important. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like everybody focuses on the, I guess, external aspect of health. But I don't feel that mental health has been something that's been valued as much as physical health when it really should be because mental health is really what powers your physical health and vice versa. If your mental health is low, chances are your physical health is going to be pretty low. So the fact that society, at least to me, this is how I see it. I I see that society doesn't acknowledge the way that mental health plays a part in our overall health. So the fact that that's been something of lower value really makes it difficult for someone who is living with those mental struggles to feel seen and heard in the way that they live their life with those mental struggles. In addition to the way that society views mental health, I think that the way that people prioritize their own mental health is not at a great spot 
I mean, for some people it might be, but not everybody knows how important it is to prioritize your mental health. And that results in things like, you know, self-harm, suicide. And when people don't know what's going on within their head and how they should go about coping with it, then that's when it really escalates into something worse. And if you've dealt with mental struggles like this before and you have experienced them in these um, these more extreme ways, then you know how important it is to prioritize your mental health. But I don't feel like within the media and within society that it's publicized how important it is to take care of yourself within that mental aspect. And really, as much as I see, you know, constant media about, oh, do this workout, prioritize this within your physical health, eat this food, blah, blah, blah. I wish that I would see that much enthusiasm towards mental health. And I have seen it within some influencers. And I wish that I would see an increasing amount. Because like I mentioned earlier, prioritizing your mental health is going to help all of those other aspects of your life become beneficial to you. But I'm not seeing the level of enthusiasm and participation towards promoting a good mental state for people. I want it, I want people to feel that prioritizing their mental health is something they should like everybody should be doing. You know, I don't want it to be something that people don't even find out until, you know, they're older. Like I see, you know, just normal people and hear about people who undergo all of these mental issues and they're like 40s, 50s, and they've never understood how important it is to prioritize their mental health. So the fact that our generation has the power to publicize the importance of mental health throughout our platforms, throughout our jobs, if we have jobs where we are able to like virtually make a difference, the fact that we have the power to do that is really going to change the way that our society views mental health. But right now, the one of the main issues with the increasing number of people who deal with mental struggles is the fact that it's not acknowledged as much as it should be by the media. We need to take into account how many people might be struggling with mental health and let people know that we're there for them virtually and let people learn how to deal with it. I know that there's so many resources provided and I love that, you know, like there's like the website called want to talk about it. There's the hotlines, everything has started to come about. And I I guess I wouldn't say started to come about, but there's so many resources, but I feel that we could be doing so much more to publicize that people should be prioritizing their mental health. I apologize if you hear the loud background noise. I didn't really think that there would be much noise in the place that I chose to record when I initially planned to record here, but oh well, what can I do about it now? (laughs) Anyway, the next topic within this general aspect of mental health is we aren't taught in school the value of our mental health. 
considering the fact that it's mainly adolescents, people in high school and college that deal with mental health struggles and that make up the vast majority of our suicide rate and our mental health struggle rate, like the the rate of people that deal with mental health issues on a daily basis. The fact that we aren't taught about it really speaks volumes of why we have so much of an issue with it. If we were just routinely taught and spoken to about what mental health is and how we can take care of ourselves within the mental health aspect, if we were taught that growing up and consistently fed educational um, resources for that, I feel that we could all benefit from it and all we could all be in a better spot than we are now. But at least for me, like the, in the years that I've gone to school, I've noticed that there hasn't been much education on that. And I think that I could be in a better spot than I am today if I were educated about it, especially at a younger age. Like when I started dealing with my own mental struggles, I was 12. There was nothing within my school, within my curriculum that taught me what what my mental health was. I didn't even really know what was going on through my head. I didn't know that it was something I could have necessarily prevented or handled in a different way. I didn't know even how important it was to talk to somebody, to journal, to seek informational resources about how to grow and get better from what I was dealing with. So I think that the really the most crucial way that we could fix this growing number of people with mental struggles is by educating people on it. These generations to come, if they were educated at a young age about how to go about handling their feelings, how to talk to somebody, how to find a safe place to express your emotions and knowing what is going on in your brain, if we taught children that at a young age, we could all become better humans. Like we wouldn't have all this stuff going on constantly and and we might be able to figure ourselves out better. You know, I'm not saying that education is the main way to solve everything, but knowing how to properly navigate the mindset you're in and if it's a bad mindset, how to get out of that is so important. So I really wish that I had the proper education in that throughout my school, which is the perfect place that I could have learned it. But the fact that I didn't is, you know, even more reason to continue learning about it now and continue promoting what I know to educate people because I was not educated to the full extent when I was younger. So hopefully throughout this episode and the podcast overall, I can promote what I have learned and help people who may not necessarily be educated to an extent where they can make a difference in their life. But yeah, I feel that education is 
another key aspect of how we can change society in a mental aspect. So to get into how I personally have struggled with my mental health, I would say the most prominent way that I've struggled is with anxiety. And I've struggled with anxiety for most of my life. And the most extreme, I guess I wouldn't say extreme, the most vivid memory that I have of my anxiety starting is middle school. I... I have small memories of how I struggled before that, like in elementary school and as a kid, but I remember having more intense symptoms of anxiety when I started middle school. So obviously middle school for most people is like kind of a scary thing because you integrate um, your elementary schools if you're within um, a district that has multiple. So my school district had six elementary schools. Maybe maybe one less, maybe one more. I can't remember. But with all of those schools coming in and all of that, like, that cluster of new people, I remember being so freaked out and, like, I could not handle it. I would feel nauseous every single day before school for months. I did not want to go to school. I would cry. I hated feeling like I was just some outcast, like, simply because I was just a kid in a group of a bunch of other kids who literally didn't have their life figured out whatsoever. But the fact that that was just something so new and I guess foreign to me really set off those large feelings of anxiousness. And since then I've had my highs and lows with anxiety, but I remember that one of the most prominent times in my life that I had anxiety was in middle school. And that anxiety fluctuated into more intense um, mental struggles. I had a lot of struggles with my self-talk. I struggled with um, depression and it's it was a really hard time of my life for me. But yeah, I feel that anxiety was the main driver of a lot of my mental issues and I still experience it today. I, I can't say that I still get nauseous before <laughs> going places, but I do get really nervous when I am kind of thrown into something new. I really struggle when I don't have things pre-planned or like I don't know when things are happening. I'm not good with surprises. I'm not good with just randomly going and doing something like so if I am thrown into doing something that I didn't necessarily plan for or prepare myself for, I do get very, very nervous and that anxiety comes up and it makes it very hard for me to do anything. I can hardly focus. I struggle with, you know, even talking to people normally. Like, I feel like I I can't speak. (laughs) Like, so I do still struggle with it today. I'm glad that I have grown from the extremity that it was at in middle school. But yeah, anxiety is one of the main ways that I struggle. And that anxiety powers things like my negative mindset, my negative self-talk and overall feelings of um, not feeling good enough, um, feelings of depression, stuff like that. So in addition to that, how I briefly mentioned at um, the start of the episode, I do struggle with negative self-talk and it has been 
increasing lately. And while I don't want to fully, you know, expose my, my private business or anything on the media, I want to be real about the fact that I, I do struggle with that self-talk. And while I'm on here, literally recording a podcast and promoting how to grow your mindset, I don't want to just make everyone think that, oh, I have everything together just because I'm creating a podcast and telling people how to do this and this with their life. <laughs> like, I am not perfect by any means. The fact that, or the reason that I'm doing this podcast is because not only do I wish to help other people, but by talking about these topics and explaining my experience with them, it helps me because it helps me put out there that, yes, I am struggling with this stuff. I hope to promote that despite the fact that I'm struggling, I am working on it and I am going to become a person with a healthier mindset and hopefully I can help others get to that spot too. So what I've started doing, which works for me, if it doesn't work for you, it's totally fine. But I wanted to share what I personally do to help myself in times of bad mental state flare-ups, I guess I would say. Like when I'm undergoing maybe a like an anxiety attack or I just am in a really bad spot. And I just wanted to share some of the things that I've learned and how I help myself get out of that. So recently I've started writing in my notes app whenever I start to negatively self-talk. And by having this like physically available for me to look back at, it helps me remember what it was like when I was in that mental state. Because if you're somebody who struggles with like symptoms of depression you know that when you are not feeling depressed that you can't – it's kind of hard to remember what it feels like when you are depressed. So being able to look back at how I was feeling when I am repeatedly telling myself negative things and I'm, you know, being really, really mean to myself, being able to look back at that and evaluate, you know, the truth of what I'm actually saying – has been really helping me because I'll look back at, you know, whatever I've written down. Like maybe I'll say like, I hate feeling unattractive. Let's say I put that. And I look back at, back at it later when I'm in a healthier spot and I'll be like, okay, that was normal for me to feel. What is on the roof? Somebody sounds like they're walking on the roof. Okay. <laughs> I'll look back at it and I'll be like, okay, that was normal to feel. But am I really unattractive? Or was that a heat of the moment, a hate myself spurt of emotions, you know? So writing down what you're feeling, no matter what it is, and looking back at it when you are in a healthier spot will really help you to evaluate what's the truth and what's the lie. Because when we are in bad mental spots, our brain really just lies to us and makes us feel like the most worthless piece of crap ever. <laughs> and I personally know how that feels because I've been feeling like that a lot lately. And I'm not the most worthless piece of crap ever. Like, that's what my brain is telling me 
in the moment. So having record of when I feel like that and going back and looking at it and actually telling myself, okay, that's not true. And even if you have to write down next to, you know, that bullet point or whatever, where you said that bad mental thought and say the, and counteract it with the truth, having that lie versus truth printed for you to look back at is a good way to really keep record of the way that you're feeling and improve from the bad state that you're in. So that's the first thing that I've started doing. The second thing I've started doing is listening to music that makes me just purely happy. And I feel that music that like actually talks about something happy in addition to like having a good beat, good vocals, everything like that, like music that is positive within its lyrics is something that is really beneficial to listen to when you're in a bad mental spot because you don't want to listen to songs that are contributing to how you feel. Like if you're feeling like a loser and then you listen to a song that's like, I'm a loser, like you, like what, (laughs) you know, you don't want to do that because it's only going to make you feel worse. So listening to music that has good positive lyrics in a beat and everything like that might help you to get out of that. At least for me, it does. I listen to some SZA. I hope that you guys like her because <laughs> she's awesome. But another thing that helps me is physical activity. Whenever I work out, which I really, really enjoy doing regardless, I am able to sort of channel my emotions to power that workout. So if this is something that you guys have noticed, like if you work out and you feel better afterwards, that's because generally you're powering your emotions into your workout and you're producing, you know, hormones that make you feel good about yourself because you're exercising, you know, you never regret a workout. So if you're someone who does enjoy that physical, physical activity, or maybe you don't know if you enjoy that physical activity, you could try it because really just exerting that force helps to get those emotions out and makes you feel better about yourself. So another thing that I feel is harder in some aspects when I'm trying to get out of the mental state I'm in is actually to just feel all of the emotions within the mental state. Cry, scream, hit something. Like if I'm really just feeling like an overwhelming amount of emotions and if none of my other tactics are working or I don't feel like doing it, I'll just let myself feel because there's nothing wrong with that. If you have to cry or yell or smash your pillow or whatever, do that because you have to exert those emotions in some way. It's best probably not to do it to somebody else. So learning how to produce those emotions, you know, if you can, in solitude, I feel that it's really beneficial because you can't keep all of those emotions to yourself. It's always just, it's just going to pile up and then you are going to scream at somebody or you are going to, you know, break something like (laughs) it's going to become a lot worse if you just keep stacking them up and keeping them in your brain. So when you are in a spot where you 
are going through a lot of emotions, let them out. I understand it might be inconvenient if you're like in public. If you can by chance keep yourself calm until you're in a safe spot to release those emotions, try your best to do that. I understand it's so hard like when you're like just experiencing Sorry about that. I had somebody come in, but yeah, basically just letting myself go through experiencing the emotions when I'm in a safe spot is really beneficial to me. So if you're able to do that when you start undergoing a lot of emotions, it's very, very helpful. So I would try it. I, the last thing that I do when I'm kind of just going through like so many emotions that I feel sort of destructive, I try to get mad. And my best friend actually told me to try to do this, try to do this because I would, I have times where like my emotions just kind of get so overwhelming that I don't know what to do with them. And maybe I can't necessarily um, fully experience my emotions if I'm in public or something like that, my best friend told me to try and get my blood boiling. And what I mean by that is just really just find a way to get internally angry, whether that's clenching your fist, like just like holding your breath and um, just fully letting your body heat up and feel mad. That kind of lets your emotions get out without really letting them get out. At least for me, that works. So if you guys think that might work for you, then try it. But yeah, these were all the ways that I've started to cope with whenever I'm going through maybe an anxiety attack or just a small mental issue. These are the ways that help me. But let's get into the ways that you might be able to help you. So first, I wanted to touch on the gradual ways that you can work on mental health. So I mentioned this with my own ways of coping, but keeping record of your feelings and thoughts is a great way to look back on how you were feeling in the moment and evaluate it later on. Another way is to remove negative slash unhealthy things from your life that you can control. And obviously there's so many things that contribute to the way that we're feeling that we can't control, but by focusing on the things that we can control, like Maybe we're following somebody on Instagram that constantly makes us feel bad about ourselves or we're hanging out with a group of friends that isn't benefiting us. Removing those things from your life will really help you get into a better and healthier mental state. The third thing um, is prioritizing your needs. A lot of people who struggle with mental health don't prioritize what they actually need to improve their mental health whether that's dedicating more time to self-care, talking to more people, or even like if we aren't sleeping enough, that really messes with our mindset. If you're someone who constantly relies on other people to fix the mental state you're in, one way that I would say to gradually practice um, improving your mental state is to practice your solitude. Learn how to cope with your own struggles by yourself before you go to somebody else. Because if you notice that you're relying on somebody to feel better every time you go through something and you 
can't handle it yourself. If you happen to be in a place where you can't have that help in the moment, you know, what are you going to do? So practicing your solitude and handling your emotions in the moment by yourself is very, very important. If you're someone who never asks for help, I recommend trying your best to ask for help, whether that's talking to someone in person, calling somebody on the phone, sending somebody a long text, or even just writing down everything you're feeling and handing it to them for them to read so they understand what you're going through. Any way that you can communicate that you need help is really important because we do need somebody to help us when we're going through this stuff. No matter how maybe humiliating it might feel, having somebody to help us is really important to growing from your bad mental spot. Another thing is to do more things just for your own good, not for the benefit of anybody else, but just for you. Practice your positive self-talk, which is something that I need to do for sure. Whether it's writing sticky notes to put on your mirror of good affirmations or keeping a journal of the things that you're proud about, proud of yourself for, looking back on those things and applying it to your life so that you eventually think it is so, so helpful. And then the last thing of how to gradually kind of improve your mental state is to try to keep a clean and healthy space. Keeping your environment healthy to the best ability that you can. I understand that there's sometimes where we can't fully control our environment, but trying your best to keep it healthy and a safe spot for you will make you feel safe when maybe you've had a crappy day and you just need to go home and let your emotions out. If you feel that the space that you're in is unsafe or, you know, dirty or anything like that, coming home to that is not going to make your mental state any better. So to the extent of what you can do with your own space, try and make it so that it feels safe for you. And actually, that was... I thought that was my last one, but I do have one more. Um, The last thing is to practice compassion for yourself. We go through a lot of things that we don't give ourselves credit for. So when we have outbursts or when we have times where like we just insanely judge ourselves, practicing that compassion and realizing that, okay, we're going through a lot, but it's okay because we are working on it and we're going to get better. Telling yourself that it's okay to be feeling how you're feeling and do what you do will help you feel better about yourself and ultimately put you in that healthy mindset you want. So that was my gradual tips. Okay, so let's get into my in-the-moment tips for mental health. And if the audio sounds different, it's because my time slot ran out (laughs) in the booth that I was in and so now I'm back home but let's just continue anyway so I actually learned this from my counselor um but it's to focus on your five senses when you're in the middle of maybe an anxiety attack or just like a really intense mental breakdown if you can focus on five things that you can see, hear, touch, taste, smell, then 
I feel like it helps you to just really be in the moment and maybe take you away from what you think is the gravity of the feelings that you're per- that you're currently experiencing. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is just to exert physical force. Whenever, and I was saying this in what I do to cope, whenever I'm experiencing so many emotions and I just can't handle it or I feel the need to do something kind of destructive, I try to just exert physical force or get really angry, like I was saying. So you could try doing like a push-up or maybe just clenching your fists or doing something that makes you physically tired in the moment. So for me, that was like getting really mad because I'm like straining my body and clenching my muscles together. So that helps me calm the emotions that I'm feeling in the moment. Number three is take a series of extremely deep breaths. And I feel like this is something that everybody knows they have to do when they're going through something, but it is very, very helpful as much as it's overly talked about. But sorry if you guys can hear the cars, but taking deep breaths and especially box breathing, if you know what that is, when you're feeling huge amounts of emotions helps you to subside those emotions to be a little less extreme. You take control of your breath, your mind will start to calm down, and this might not always work, but if you can remember to do it, it kind of puts you on the path to becoming more calm in the moment. It doesn't always work for me, but it might work for you. And like I had talked about earlier, letting your emotions out rather than just keeping them all in. Because if you just keep them all in when you're going through something, especially like an anxiety attack, like when I have had an anxiety attack before, I know that it's kind of impossible to just keep my emotions inside. So like I said, if if you're in a safe spot to let your emotions out, do it. There's no reason you have, like you have to hold them in. And it's ultimately going to help you because keeping all those emotions in only makes your mental state worse. So yeah, letting your emotions out is a great tip. And then another one is scribbling everything you're thinking on paper and then literally just destroying it. Whatever feelings you're experiencing, if you're in a spot to be able to write them all down, like literally just like dig that pencil or pen into the paper and just scribble all of your thoughts. If you're in a spot where you're able to do that, do it and then tear it up, shred it, burn it, flush it down the toilet. If your septum, your septum, septic system can handle that. So just getting all those feelings out, whether they're true or untrue. And by this, I mean, like if your brain is telling you negative things about yourself, if you feel all that and just write it down, and then destroy it. It's almost like you're destroying those thoughts. At least temporarily. Like it's like. Alright this is what I'm thinking. But screw it. I don't want to think it anymore. And I'm burning it. <laughs> like you know. Or I'm digging it in the ground. I don't know. Getting rid of it. And just getting it out there. 
makes it seem a little less extreme, I guess. So that was all the tips for the in the moment handling your mental state. I hope some of these can help you guys. So whether you're trying to focus on fixing your mental state gradually or in the moment, these are all the tips that I've come up with. If you guys have any more that you feel would be a good thing to touch on, you can DM me or um, put it in the show notes. Not in the show notes, in the, um, oh goodness, what's it called? On Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, you can put in the question response box or you can leave a review. So yeah, I hope all of these helped you or kind of helped you realize to take that time to focus on what you need in the moment. That's all that I have for this episode. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and found it helpful in some way. I really enjoyed recording it because this topic is very important to me. So make sure to leave a review and rate this podcast on the platform that you're listening to it on. And I hope to see you guys next week for episode five of the podcast. Bye.